This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Coming up on today's show, we're back for our first show of 2022 and CES is underway. We've got a recap of the biggest announcements. Good, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the What's Good Games podcast, your source for video game news, commentary, analysis, and funny stuff every Friday. I'm Andrea Renee, joined by my lovely co-host, Miss Brittany Grombacher. Happy New Year, Andrea Renee. Happy New Year to you, too. It's so good to see you again. No, it's been forever. Like two and a half weeks. So good to see your lovely face, your lovely hair, and that lovely shirt you're wearing. Which I think oh, is thank so you. such an important message going into the new year. It says, note to self, you are doing great. Fucking amen. Yes. I saw it and I was like, do I need this shirt? No. Do I want this shirt to make myself feel better? Yes, I do. Yep. I'm all for it. All for it. Sometimes you just need a little pep talk for yourself when you wake up in the morning and you're on the struggle bus and you have to give yourself credit for the little accomplishments. Yeah. Maybe your accomplishment for the day was that you made the bed. Or maybe your accomplishment was that you actually put on clothes instead of just wore your pajamas all day. You know, give yourself the little wins, everybody. I'm all Life is hard right now. So Yes. <laughs> and um, if you're on YouTube.com slash What's Good Games, you might be like, Britt, what are you doing? Well, ladies and gentlemen... If you notice, my background's a little odd right now. And the reason for that is, Andrea, just me being the pro she is. Look at that. <laughs> I, over the weekend, decided to hop on my computer, which I hadn't done all break. Good for me. That was my win. And I discovered that I think it's four out of the five display ports on my PC or three out of four, whatever. All but one died, fried, went to port heaven in the sky. I have a new <clears throat> GPU on the way. That's computer talk. That's computer lingo. I'm learning. I'm yeah, learning. I'm we're going to be talking about GPUs. <laughs> we are. Um, so that's why I have one monitor working, and it's my crappiest monitor that I have. But, uh, you know, I'm making it work. I told Andrea if my next starts look amazing at, during the show, <laughs> just to check on me. Well, so- listen, nothing can be as bad as what happened to the video on the last episode. <laughs> that was so brilliant. So apologies to everybody who had to suffer through that at youtube.com slash what's good games as i wrote in the text of the edit the computer while we were recording with danny and rihanna just completely hard crashed the whole computer just shut down in the middle of recording literally in all of the years and all of the episodes episode 257 today of us recording what's good games that has never happened before we've always been scared of it happening yes and never happened Never did, but it did. And then I was miraculously with this bootleg program able to recover the file. But as you may have noticed, if you watched it on YouTube, it was a little weird looking. (laughs) It legit something (laughs) out of a horror movie. The frame rate got really borked um, when Mm -hmm. I tried to recover the video. Thankfully, the audio came out clean, but the video mm, might want to just skip skip it. Um, 
Anywho, welcome back, everybody. We are glad to be here. Thank you for supporting us in 2021. We are excited to start 2022 with a bang. As I mentioned at the top of the show, CES, the Consumer Electronics Show 2022, is underway. We're going to get to that news in just a second. I want to say thank you to this month's Patreon producers, Chewy's Gotson, Alex Rogopoulos, David Icolucci, Farah Satea, Justin Foshi, Matthew Goder, and Punctified. And welcome to our Patreon community, Ryan Saffel and Eric Black. We thank you for supporting us at Patreon.com slash what's good games and it looks like we have quite a nice little list of new podcast reviewers we do hold on let me get to it there we are there we are here we are oh, oh yes my one monitor. would you like me to read would you like me to read them? i got it i got it i'm quick okay. like a ninja all right we got sean what a time 89 i'm pro joe bish Boro, cybex steve 84 k goodwin 83 oh you did this on purpose z b h d u f h d j so <laughs> It's not really a name. I know. It looks like just a bunch of consonants. Yeah, I tried to pronounce it. It did not come out well. Steve and Swagmaster247, who says, my first episode was Steimer's solo show. So I have heard, quote, this is not a normal episode quite a few times. But I love it here. So keep not being normal. Thanks, Wake Master. Oh, thanks. thanks for sticking I around. That. She, she rocked that episode, to be fair. She did. I've always told her she's really good at talking to herself. And that's a compliment. <laughs> It doesn't sound like one, Honestly, but it is. I think she really became proficient at it when she was doing her Steimer Says yes. Twitch days. Yeah. Because when you solo stream, as people out there who stream know, you have to do a lot of talking to yourself. Yeah. <laughs> so no, she's good at it. You get good at it. Um, well, thank you, everybody, for taking a moment of your day to support our show, either with your time or with your dollars. We really appreciate it. And today's show is also brought to you by HelloFresh, but we'll tell you more about that later. For now, let's jump right into the news. The biggest news, I think, so far for gaming from CES is, of course, from Sony. Now, I didn't anticipate us getting this PlayStation VR news at CES. I thought maybe they would hold it for the Game Developers Conference, which is happening in March. But Sony decided, nay, nay, let's go ahead and reveal PSVR 2 and our new controllers at the show. So let me just read a little blurb here for you guys uh, from the PlayStation blog. They started 2022 by... Oh, sorry. This is just like an, an introduction mm-hmm. from uh, Hideaki Nishino. So we'll skip that. Um, blah, 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 blah. Going down here. Okay. PlayStation VR 2 adds true next-gen experience with high-fidelity visuals, new sensory features, and enhanced tracking along with a simplified single-cord setup. It has 4K HDR and a 110-degree field of view with foveated rendering. With an OLED display, players can expect display resolutions of 2000 by 2040 per eye and smooth frame rates of 90 to 120 hertz. It's got headset-based controller tracking, new sensory features, eye tracking, and it's going to have the PSVR simple setup process that you guys know from the PlayStation 4 with a single cable connected directly to your PS. S5, so you can immediately jump into your VR experience. So they also announced a brand new VR game from Guerrilla Games and Fire Sprite called Horizon Call of the Mountain. And let me see if I can pull up this trailer for you guys. This, of course, set in the Horizon Zero Dawn universe. Yes. And I'm, you know, I'm pretty hyped. I've always had... Um, 
I've always had such great experiences playing in PlayStation VR. Now, I don't play a lot of VR anymore. And when I do, I usually am on my Quest because it's wireless. But clearly, the experiences that you're getting on Quest are not the visual quality that you're going to get from a hardwired virtual reality headset. What do you think, Brett? Is PSVR 2 enough to kind of get you back into... Um, virtual reality. Mm. Well, first, Andrea, you said you weren't expecting a PSVR 2 announcement. But dare you forget, last year, when Jim, I think it was Jim Ryan, came on stage and was like, PlayStation 5 logo reveal. And then he walked off stage. Do you remember that? <laughs> yes. Yes, <laughs> it, They pulled yes, another one. It was glorious. But anyway, going back to your question. Um, you know, I think it's been, en- enough time has passed where I haven't dabbled in VR, where I think I'm ready to jump back in and kind of see what technology technological advancements have been made and i think psvr 2 sounds like something i'm i'm definitely going to i'm definitely going to get it i know i can commit to that now whether or not it's going to become another thing in my house that collects dust after a few months who could say but i think teasing this with a horizon you know title is fucking brilliant and i think being able to go in that world and look at the long necks and see you know from that perspective what it looks like is incredibly exciting and I just kind of want to see, again, like how far VR has come since I played it last. And the last headset I played on was just the original um, Oculus Quest. And I was an adopter in the early days. You know, I got all the, the first Vive, the first Oculus, and the first PSVR. And I enjoyed them, but it wasn't something that I spent a ton of time with just because of, again, the technical limitations. And, um, you know, I, I just, I'm, I'm, I've always said, I'm anxiously awaiting the day where it's just super seamless and super just like HD in your eyeballs and your brains. And I think the single cord setup, while it's not ideal, if that's all it takes, we all know what PSVR takes. And while it wasn't hard, it was complicated to get that thing set up. So much so mm-hmm. that I think you also did this. I had a PlayStation 4 set up just for the PSVR, so I wouldn't have to go back yes. there. Yeah, because you almost had to because it was such a pain in the ass. So I'm okay with the single cord. I know we're not exactly where we want to be yet. Someday we'd love it if all headsets are just Quest-like where they're wireless. But um, I'm excited. I think this will be fun. And um, I'm just, you know, excited to see what other games come to PSVR too. Yeah, absolutely. I think that we're going to see a lot of third-party games coming to PSVR um, too, as well as companion games because I think that the you know Sony first party studio portfolio has been crushing it in the last couple of years and i think we're just beginning to kind of see what they have in store for this new generation for PS5 because it feels a little weird that PS5 has only been around for w- one year and i think a lot of that has to do yeah. with that we haven't gotten a lot of PS5 specific games or even Xbox Series X specific games a lot of it's still been generational crossover which is normal for the beginning of a new generation, mm-hmm. and I expect we'll have crossover games for the next couple of years. But I'm excited to see where where things are going to go. Um, Dude, Sony also unveiled new controllers. So these kind of look a lot like the Vive controllers. Mm-hmm. So let me pull those up so you guys can take a look at those. Um, so these are the new controllers. They look very futuristic. So they kind of fit over your hands. So you're no longer using. It looks the like a thong. Move controllers. Like it does kind of look like a thong. Yeah, right. It looks like you're grabbing a big old fistful of booty. That's kind of what it reminds me of. It's nice. <laughs> of course, you would think fistful of booty. Oh, I love you. So. 
there are several features, including key features that we found on the DualSense controllers that match what, you know, Sony's vision for the next kind of generation of virtual reality is going to be. So we have adaptive triggers, haptic feedback, finger touch detection, and tracking, which, as I mentioned, we've seen in not only the Vive controllers, but in the Oculus controllers as well. Um, then you got your traditional sticks, your action buttons, your analog sticks, your triangle square excuse me, um, cross. I was about to say X. Oh, it's X. You can say X. Don't get mad. <laughs> cross and circle buttons. I, I'm never going to call it cross. It's no. not a cross. It's, oh, an, it's X. an X. Psh, fools. It's fine. Fools. But yes, yeah, so I'm glad that they have upgraded the controllers. Now, what we didn't get yesterday during the announcement was a release date and we didn't get a price. Yeah. So mm, Price. I mean, it can't cost more than a PS5 itself. So, no, but it could cost the same amount, right? And how much is the disc, the discless one? Three ninety nine. The Oculus Quest? No, no. So I'm talking about PS five. Oh, uh, three ninety nine. Okay, the disc version of the PS five is four ninety nine. So, want to place? Do you want to make a little guess? So, how much the sure. thing is going to cost? I'm going to say. Ooh, ooh, three forty nine ninety nine seems like a sweet spot. It seems very high, but I think Sony could get away with it. Ideally, I'd like to see two ninety nine. How much was the PSVR? I would love. I would loved. It was so. I believe PSVR was three ninety nine. Was the same. It was as a PlayStation. You're right. So I think that PSVR two is going to. Probably also be three ninety nine ninety nine. Oh yeah, in the United States, it'd be hard to be imagine that they lessen it by fifty bucks. I like the sound of three forty nine. I think that's an attractive sexy number, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's not bad. Okay, well, good. I'll hold on to my attractive sexiness of three forty nine ninety nine. <laughs> <laughs> I think people out there listening to the story are probably going. I don't really care about PSVR 2 because I can't even get my hands on a freaking PS5. I know. I, you know what? I guess that's a good thing for us folks who have one. I mean, supply and demand, right? You know what I mean? I'm saying that's terrible. We're getting so many bad comments right now. Never mind. No, I don't think it's terrible. I think that Sony is trying to future-proof their business by wanting to keep the people who are already in the ecosystem continuing to spend money. And the early adopters typically spend money on things like new technology like PSVR 2. So I, I don't think that it's a bad thing to say. I just think people are probably looking at Sony going, hey, maybe prioritize your manufacturing process on doing more consoles instead of VR. But I believe the chipsets are clearly very different. And I don't know when globally the chip shortage that everybody is experiencing from game manufacturers to automobile makers is going to really kind of rectify itself i feel like we're probably at least a couple of years away from that chip shortage oh uh, that's you know coming back it's fucking awful so oh um, yeah it's sad i wanted i'm gonna briefly go back to the headset itself because there's this one feature in here that i thought was really interesting and it's the sense technology so okay here we go da, da, da. headset feedback is a new sensory feature that amplifies the sensations of an in-game action from the player okay what does that mean gamers can feel a character's elevated pulse during tense moments the rush of objects passing close to the character's head or the thrust of a vehicle as the character speeds forward now what i think should happen andrew your name as i think playstation should partner with the with the partner that they've you know, worked with a lot, which is a uh, Capcom, and they need to put Resident Evil Village in VR, and that sensory feature we can get can be the heartbeat coming straight from Lady D's bosom. 
Let me just sit. Oh, let, I like where your head's at. Let me, uh, literally like in her tits, hopefully, if I'm lucky. But <laughs> you know what I, mean? I wouldn't put it past Capcom. Give me a step know. stool. I'll step on that and I'll look up and she'll just be right there. Actually, you might not even be able to see her face because her boobs are going to be in the way. It doesn't matter. That's the long I neck I want. I feel like that game has got to have a VR port in the world. Uh, oh, for right? sure. I mean, look at uh, Seven, right? Like that. Yeah, it has to. It fucking has to. It would be so, so good. It would just be so good. I thought that was an interesting feature, though. I don't know how much I want to feel someone's elevated pulse in my head, though. But, you know, okay. No, thanks. No, I'm good. <laughs> Sounds a little It's already intense. scary enough to have to feel like you're inside the game in virtual reality. I don't, I don't need all the extra bells and whistles. I actually have turned a lot of the um, feedback haptic feedback off in a lot of games that I've played because it's been a little aggressive feeling. Yeah. I think that the novelty of it that we saw at launch was really interesting and clearly the technology is cool and I think it's going to be realized in really interesting ways from developers as we go into this new generation but I find it very distracting and sometimes really um, in a very bad way like it takes detracts from my enjoyment of what I'm playing yeah it's too it's like too much the sensory experience is like uncomfortable in a way yeah and you know what else i'm not really a fan of is the adaptive triggers i thought i would like that more but i think i already have like seriously like pre-arthritis in my hands and so when i have to push extra hard to pull back a bowstring while it feels cool the first few times it actually becomes a very big annoyance later on so i'm sure i mean i'm sure there's a way to turn it off already but as long as i can fix that too i'll be happy because you know these little fingers andrea they're 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 just you know, they've been through some shit. You know what they I mean? They have. They've aged on a cellular level. Ooh. That's what happens when you give birth to somebody. I don't know if y'all knew that. <laughs> Can age you by up to 11 years. I did not know that much. Okay, cool. Listen, I spend too much time Listen, looking at I'm trying things. to live in my ignorance. I wake bliss. up and I'm like, why do I feel so old? I'm like, going to blame everything on my baby now. That's it. That's um, way to do it. Get used to it, kid. All right. Let's continue on with some more CES 2022. But before we do that, I want to let you know that this episode of What's Good Games is brought to you by HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you get farm-fresh, pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. The new year is a great time to focus on what's most important to you, whether it's saving money by ordering less takeout, learning to cook, or maybe you're prioritizing your wellness. HelloFresh is here to help with endless options to make cooking at home simple and enjoyable. HelloFresh is 72% cheaper than a restaurant meal of the same quality, and you can save on average over $65 per month when you order HelloFresh instead of grocery shopping. That's more money to put towards those other 2022 goals of yours, like maybe playing more video games or reading more books or maybe, you know volunteering more, whatever your goals are. HelloFresh offers 50 menu and market items to choose from every week, including veggie, calorie smart, family friendly, and gourmet options, and plenty of variety. Recipes like the hibachi sweet soy bavette steak and shrimp brings that restaurant quality meal right to your kitchen. Have you had this one, I have not, but it sounds fucking delicious. Fudge and delicious. Excuse my French. I got excited. The bavette steak that we've ordered, the gourmet meal is really good, but I'm still obsessed with the parmesan chicken with couscous mm-hmm. oh, 
So good. One of my faves. All right, everybody. If you're hungry like I am now and you want to get in on HelloFresh, go to HelloFresh.com slash What's Good 16 and use our code What's Good 16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. You can try America's number one meal kit for yourself by going to HelloFresh.com slash What's Good 16 and use the code What's Good 16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. Make sure to use our code so they know that What's Good Game sent you. So Brittany, CES is kind of a large smattering of different kinds of consumer news. I mean, there's concept cars, there's wearables, there's even like smart home stuff, but clearly we're focusing mostly just on some high-level gaming news. So if y'all are interested in getting more of a top-level view of what's happening at CES, I would recommend going to some more tech-focused outlets. I did do... Uh, Twitter spaces on my Twitter account talking about CES. So if you guys are interested in checking out that conversation, um, the recording is in my feed at Andrea Renee on Twitter if you're interested. But I did want to mention, since you mentioned GPUs and how your GPU kind of... um, Shit the bed. Shit the bed uh, earlier, that there was clearly some GPU news coming out of CES. And the ones that I wanted to specifically mention was this new budget RTX 3050 from NVIDIA, which is a graphics card starting at just 249 Holy crap. So, right? So you hear that price and you're like, how is that even possible to get a graphics card? It must not really be powerful. Must not but work. Right. (laughs) But it's from NVIDIA's RTX line, which is their premier line of graphics cards. Now, not only did they announce their new budget option, but of course, they announced their new shiny high end option, which is the I believe the 3090 Ti quote, a monster of a GPU. Um, But what's interesting about, you know, these different two ends of the spectrum and something that we talked about in my Spaces is, regardless if you're going for the low end or the high end, graphics cards all around have been very difficult to get during the pandemic. And a lot of them have been going for many times their MSRP price. If you get them on places like eBay or other, you know, third party sellers. So I think what's going to be interesting to watch is if companies like AMD, who also announced some GPUs and NVIDIA are going to be actually be able to keep these in stock and sell them at their listed price instead of for thousands and thousands of dollars. I mean, we were seeing GPUs go for $5,000 and up over the last couple of years because of the pandemic. It's just bonkers what's happening in the PC parts market. I think in every market, it's just being so thrown around right right now. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Well, I know almost nothing about GPUs except for I learned the ports can die out. So did they say how much the big boy costs? The big one that you talked about? So they did not give a price for the big one. They also did not give a release date because, you know, it's smarter than not to put a release date on if they're not going to be not going to be ready. So the RTX 3090 Ti, according to NVIDIA's Jeff Fisher, the monster of a GPU, is set to land early in 2022, they say. And it has the most powerful Ampere GPU and they are putting that into its graphics cards. So what I'm trying to get to like the succinct kind of um, elevator elevator bite pitch or whatever Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, as to what makes this one the most powerful graphics card. Probably um, some fancy numbers, some fancy tech. You know what I mean? Right. Whirly gigs and gadgets. Oh, here we go. 
<clears throat> the GA102 GPU offers a monstrous 10,752 CUDA cores <laughs> packing the same 24 gigabytes of GDDR6X video memory as the OG card. That said, NVIDIA is pushing the VRAM a little harder to the tune of 21 gigabytes per second versus the 19.5 gigabytes per second of the original RTX 3090. In terms of performance, we're talking 40 shader T-flops, putting it almost five T-flops above the straight RTX 3090. I was going to find did an you, audio clip. Did you clip. catch all that? I was going on my phone. I was going to find an audio clip of Charlie Brown's teacher talking to him because I feel like that's exactly what I just... <laughs> uh, I mean, real talk though. I mean, I've talked about... Fuck, seriously. I I need to get PCs for dummies. Do they still make those books? I feel like that's what I need in my yes, life. They, yes, they do. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's something I really need to learn because, you know, it's, it's very near and dear to the industry that I love and cover so much, but fuck, man. But what was that one word you said? Yeah. Charcuterie? That first one at the beginning? <laughs> well, it was, it was like some Cuda course. Yeah, charcuterie course. Let's go. Okay. <laughs> How many charcuterie courses my PC have? I have to know. Amazing. Uh, um, no, it's funny. Like, I don't understand most of these really high-end technical specs either. Clearly, people aren't listening to us here at What's Good Games for I our PC's savant knowledge. Um if you are, I'm really <laughs> uh, deeply apologized. You are in the wrong place. But we are glad that you are here anyway. And if you guys want to learn all about everything that was announced, um, PC Megger, PC Megger, PCGamer.com has a really good uh, rundown of all of the best PC gaming news that came out of CES. So you guys can um, pull that up and, and take a look at it. But I wanted to just briefly mention that because, you know, CES is such a big show and it's generally when we see a big showing specifically from companies like AMD and NVIDIA. And I wanted to mention NVIDIA also because of GeForce Now. So Samsung announced the Samsung Galaxy, no, Samsung Gaming Hub, which is an aggregate for all of the cloud gaming services that are out there. Now, they haven't announced all of their partners, but they did announce GeForce Now and Stadia. And there was one more that I did not recognize, but they didn't announce Xbox's streaming service. Hmm. So what I think is great about this is that what this means is that now we're seeing more cloud gaming services coming to smart televisions instead of needing like a, a separate stick to go or a console to go into your TV. So right, when Stadia launched, you could not stream on Google Stadia directly from a smart TV. You had to have a Chrome um, uh, what is it the called? The, oh my god, the thing that you the plug little in, stick. Yeah, Chrome. Oh my gosh, why am I having a blank about what that Chrome, thing is called? Chrome. Oh my god, <laughs> literally just blanking. What the? Out. And it's the most simple name ever. Chromecast. Chromecast Ultra. There it is. You had to have a Chromecast Ultra plugged into your television in order for it to work. And I was like, why? Uh, does, why do I have to have this thing plugged into my TV? Why can't I use? If it's all cloud-based, why can't I use an app? And so now we're seeing those apps starting to roll out on TV. So I want to mention that um, GeForce Now was actually in beta on LG televisions last year, and now it's coming to Samsung TVs in 2022. And I imagine it's going to roll out to other smart TV uh, operating systems throughout the year, and obviously in to 2023. I think what's fascinating about watching this is because I don't want to say that we've always just kind of poo-pooed cloud gaming here at What's Good Games because we haven't. But I think we acknowledge that it has so much potential to be really a phenomenal platform for people, but really it's not fully realized yet. Now, 
I think that, you know, my position still stands that cloud gaming is forever going to be handcuffed by our ISP and internet infrastructure wherever you live is always going to dictate if you're going to have a good cloud gaming experience, no matter how good the processing farms on the back end of either the Azure, you know, system or the Google Stadia system or whatever, um, you know, the G4 system, whatever one you're using, whatever your internet is, is just always going to bottleneck what that gaming experience is going to be. Now, until that gets rectified, and we can get some better ISP infrastructure, <laughs> particularly here in the United States. I'm not sure that cloud gaming is really going to take off, but I do love to see that they're expanding the platforms and bringing it to smart televisions because when I want to sit down and play a game, I typically don't want to play a game that's designed for PC or console on my phone. I want to play a mobile game designed for the small screen on my small screen. So I'm really happy that you know this is happening and I'm interested to see how it's going to work because I have a Samsung TV at home. So I'm planning to check it out and I will report back on my findings, everybody. Because oh, I still have my Stadia. I, I do too. Stadia. I forgot. I know. Oh, you still have the subscription? Uh, yeah, I think so. I think I just never turned it yeah, off. Yeah, Jason made me do that. That's one of my <sighs> biggest faults as a human is I subscribe to something and I forget to turn it off. I am the reason why those subscription services take off. If John Drake was here, he would say there's a term for that for capturing people who subscribe to something and then forget about it and then just keep paying it because they keep forgetting about it. There's like an actual like marketing term I thought it was idiot, people. but there's an actual term. Oh. <laughs> no, it's not. No, it's not. It's okay. Not an idiot. Oh my God. You're just not optimizing your finances. People. Oh, I know. But you know what? Optimizing my time, it takes time. It takes like 30 seconds to go and cancel that subscription, you know? And then they make it really hard. And then it's like, you know what I could have done with that time? Watch half an episode of Judge Judy. You know what I mean? Order to Chipotle. Yeah. Just putting that out there. there you go. But no, that's exciting. I hadn't heard about that. And I think that's some of the one of the really fun parts about doing this show and covering, you know, video game news and gaming as a general is, you know, you, you watch ideas in their infancy. And when Google Stadia was announced, again, not going to kick that horse, it's very dead and it's died many, many times. We were always thinking like, this is a cool concept, but it's not fully realized. It's too early. There's too many limitations, like you were saying. But now we're slowly seeing people optimize the platform. And hopefully, I mean, like, I don't think cloud gaming is going anywhere. I mean, obviously, I think it's good, like the future, you know, to an extent. And I think it's going to eventually get to a spot where it's going to become like a mainline streamlined thing. And it's not going to be a pain in the ass. So it's like we're watching little babies grow up, Andrea, right before our very eyes, except for the babies are Aww. born from kajillion dollar industries. You know what I mean? Yep. That is absolutely true. Yep. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we have just a couple more bits of news that we wanted to talk about. Mass Effect Legendary Edition is coming to Xbox Game Pass on January 6th, ah, surprising shit. no one. I know. <laughs> um, EA, of course, has a long-standing partnership with Xbox Game Pass, so it's only a matter of time. Not only that, you can also get Rainbow Six Extraction, which is a surprise to me, coming to Game Pass on its release day, January 20th. I think that game is absolutely going to benefit oh, yeah. from the install base of Xbox Game Pass because I think that game is... You know, in a very crowded field of co-op shooters. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, we just had Back for Blood on there, and there's another one coming to Game Pass. And another game that's coming is Nobody Saves the World, which is Drinkbox Studios' next game, which I thought it was a really cool announcement. Game Pass, man, it's just wonderful. It's a cool thing. But if you haven't played Mass Effect yet, do it for me. 
I so badly wanted to play Legendary Edition when my kid was born. I tried, Andrea. I tried sticking that two-week-old baby on my lap. Oh, no. You shiny. I couldn't do it. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I never finished the Legendary Edition either because, you know, I was in the hospital and then there was an infant. But I will get to it eventually. I will have my perfect... My perfect Mass Effect run, and it'll be glorious and wonderful. I just want to take my time with it, you know? I don't want to feel rushed. I don't want to feel like I have to you know, do it because of uh, obligation. I want to be able to come back to it and be like, this is like a nice, like, yeah, you know, like you say, like comfort food. Yeah. But video game. Yeah. <laughs> LOL, LOL. Yeah. See your kids in college when that happens. It's fine. Yeah. Um. Also, we didn't mention this when we were talking about Sony, but uh, they announced that Ghost of Tsushima has sold over 8 million copies. Hot damn. Because they mentioned that that film adaptation is now underway. Oh, I didn't hear about the film thing. Or have we already talked about that before? Film. Um. Well, it was briefly mentioned a little while back. Okay. I don't know if it was like rumored, but they confirmed if the, if it, I thought they confirmed it already, but um, so film adaptation underway. And then they talked briefly about the, they just confirmed again that production is happening on the Twisted Metal TV series. Oh, that's and then right. of course the Last of Us television series. And then they showed a new clip from the Uncharted movie because they brought Tom Holland out, you know, Spidey. Sony poster boy. Spidey. Okay, yeah. So um, last March, it was announced that the Ghost of Sushi movie, I don't remember anything from that time. I was very pregnant. Give me a pass. Yes. On the Twisted Metal TV series. I just got to say, I know a lot of people are poo-pooing on the Twisted Metal TV series. I think there's so much potential. And yes, I'm probably looking at th- this through rose-colored glasses because I love Twisted Metal. It's one of my favorite IPs. Granted, like, I only really, really love Twisted Metal 1 through 3, but it is just so much fun. I think there's a lot of potential there for some, like, stupid action. Again, I think if you go into these things thinking you're going to get, like, the next big blockbuster hit, you're just going to be sorely disappointed. I hope I'm wrong, but, you know, history has taught us. Just look for a fun time. You're not trying to find your soulmate. You're just looking for a good romp in the sheets. You know what I mean? Just keep those expectations in check. A good romp in the sheets. And on that note, let's take a very quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about what we've been playing. Stick with us, everybody. I'll see you in a minute. back everybody Brittany and I realized that in the month of December we did not do our Patreon shout outs so we're going to do our Patreon membership shout outs right now before we get into what we've been playing as a thank you to everybody who supports us and supports our voices and video games we know it's been a rough couple of months missing our our trio and also, you know, having the struggle of managing motherhood and the fact that you guys still support our show and still support our voices in gaming really means a lot to us. So without further ado, Brittany, let's get started with our hmm and Chewie's godson. Justin Foshi. Punctified. Matthew Goodair. David Icolucci. Daniel Hull. Jim D. Jason, look. Mick, the nanobiologist, Abramson. Professor Woke. Nathan Watkins. Tara Bruno. Melanthius Owens. Patrick Higgins. Tyler McCall. Pete Shoemaker. Bill Stillwell. He's on the mech. 
Molly Bittner, um, who got a new job, by the way. She works at That's No Moon. Congrats, yeah, Molly. Molly. Welcome to video game development. Ooh, Jessica Bloom. Tobias Mitchell. Jake Phineas. Phineas? Fene? Fenhua. Venice? Don't know. Uh, Paul Scott Kavanaugh. Nathaniel Edison. Michael Jaffrey. Bill Ro- Rosas. Tyler Adams. Little Chu. Erskine James. Casual Blasphemy. Trick 24. Sean Little. Langry. Omega 3. DK 2112. Maroon Dat Noon. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Brown. Alexandre David. Dracos, 3442. Um, you skipped Eric Z, but I got you. Eric Z. I'm sorry, Eric. I did not mean to skip okay. you. Christine Gummins. Californicated. Storm and May. Trent Berry. Sean I. Elizabeth Douglas. Brian R. Johnston. Patrick Landry. Rob Leonard. Brian Harper. Bernie Zangpao Monsanto. Kenneth Stimmel. Even Flow 2. I love that. Trent Pennington. <laughs> Emily Kent. Patrick Miller. Noelle Navarez. Joe Wilson. Devin Nitz. Adriana Rock Williams. Shy Jackson Burgess. Nate Burns. Samantha Yvonne. Giselle Bassa. Gary Peck. Dale Sun. Robert F. Frymering. Kyle Milne. Milne. <laughs> Marcus Ian Brown. Joe Kennison. <laughs> Teresa Ener. Andrew Cotton. Kia B. Elmo Shell. Geo Corsi. Nicole Humphrey. Stephanie Fitzwilliam. John Drake. And Trevor Stocking. It's so wonderful to see so many of these names have been supporting us at this tier since we launched back in May 2017. So thank you, everybody. And thank you to all of those people who support us and to everybody who has supported us by leaving us reviews. We appreciate that, too. Those five-star reviews really make a difference, everybody. All right. Without further ado, let's talk about what we've been playing. So, Brittany, it looks like you've been playing a lot of the same. A lot of the same. Andrea, when you saw me in 2021, I was in the Hinterlands and Dragon Age Inquisition. In 2022, yes. I am still in the Hinterlands and Dragon Age yes! Inquisition. Never leave the Hinterlands. Oh, my God. I only have maybe 10 more quests in the Hinterlands, and then I'm done. I was curious <laughs> to know what my playtime was, but what I found out is Quick Resume doesn't turn off the in-game clock. So I, it was like it was oh. like 340 hours or something like that. You were like, wait a minute. I hope not. <laughs> or I'm blocking out a lot and I don't remember anything. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm yeah. still just playing Dragon Age. I've kind of gotten back into my whole Dragon Age kick. I'm starting to read the Dragon Age books again, starting with the Stolen Throne, which tells how King Merrick took over from the Orlesian Empire and Logan's in there and Rowan. And uh, it's, it's a really good, all the Dragon Age books, I think David Gator wrote this one, are fantastic. So if you haven't read them and you're curious about Dragon Age lore, you just you just got to read them. They're really, really fantastic. So I'm playing more Dragon Age. Um, still, play, still playing Final Fantasy IX. Yeah, that's my treadmill game. So about an hour a night. There's nothing wrong no, with that. No, I, I mean, I listen, you know, like you said, this year has been hard. Last year was hard. I am all for comfort gaming right now. Whatever soothes my soul, that's what I am flocking to. There's some upcoming releases that I'm really excited about, and then I will be playing newer stuff. But for now, I'm just content staying content. So um, what's fun about Final Fantasy IX, though, is I'm doing a lot of the side stuff that I never did my first go around when I was 13 in like 2001. And that's thanks to the fast forward ability. 
and the level 99 and you can skip random encounters. And I talked about this on the last shit like three shows ago. But there's a certain mini game in there called Chocobo Hot and Cold. And it's it's essentially hot and cold. You're digging trying to find these things called chocographs which then lead you to any a certain part on the map. And a chocograph just shows you a little glimpse of the overworld and you have to go to that location and dig around until you find certain items and then over time you upgrade your chocobo. Anyway, the TLDR is that there's an a very, very tough, tough optional boss in this game, as there are in a lot of these games, called Ozma. And I never fought him before, but I'm going to give it a shot. And I know for the folks who played Final Fantasy IX, you're cheering and rooting for me right now. I appreciate the help. I am kind of cheating because I do have the level 99 boost on, but I never got to experience that. Um, but the other interesting revelation I had while playing this is I just don't know. I mean, I know how I had the patience back in the day to play these games without the, you know, fast forward ability or the level 99 boost, you know, we were, we were kids. We didn't have shit to do. Like we didn't have places to be bills to pay mouths to feed, you know? Mm -hmm. And I'm playing this again. And I'm just like, man, if it weren't for these and final fantasy nine is one of my favorite games, like top 10. And I just don't know if I have the patience though, to do the random encounters, to do the grinding. I think modern RPGs have done such a great job at making those mechanics more engaging and feel more meaningful. And that's lovely and wonderful. I think of Tales of Arise for one, the most recent example. But uh, gosh, yeah, like I just don't know. I keep thinking like I want to go back and play some of these older games that I never got to because I have a PS3 upstairs and you know that all the PSN games, PSN network games on there are so good. And I have all the PS1 um, classics on there too. And I really want us to start playing them. But I don't know if I have the patience I don't think I have it anymore. And it just kind of makes me sad. I feel like I've become an adult. You know what I mean? Welcome. Uh, Welcome to adulthood. Uh, it's so <laughs> sad, but it is what it is. So anywho, yeah, just for now, I'm just, like I said, I'm content being content. And then when Dying Light comes out soon and there's some other ones coming out. I mean, we did a whole episode on what's coming out in these first few months, but fuck me if I can remember. Yes, our most anticipated last oh, week's yeah, episode. Oh, yeah, so you guys missed it. Arceus yeah. is coming out in three weeks soon yeah this early part of 2022 is pretty stacked i mean january is historically really quiet up until like the last week of the month but february and march are very busy yeah. in 2022 so definitely looking forward to that but i feel you about i mean we had a whole conversation about it before we started recording the show today about the challenges that you and i are facing with our not only our energy levels, but our desire to play something new and the time commitment involved and the kind of stress involved, right? And I think, you know, what I've really struggled with, with playing games that I mentioned briefly when we were talking in, in during our What's Good Game Awards episode with Danny and Rihanna was that I just have this like hurdle that's been really difficult for me to get over not only just to find the time in the day because, you know, my baby has been particularly demanding and hasn't been the greatest sleeper, but that I just haven't mentally been able to will myself to want to play. And it's been really, it's been really tough for me. I feel like I've gotten a fair amount of FOMO watching people in our industry, friends of mine who work in media or who run their own Twitch channels or YouTube channels talking about games or covering games and me feeling like I'm missing out but then when time comes for me to sit down and play I just can't bring myself to turn the system on whether it's my PC or it's the console 
because I just am so drained at the end of the day that I just, I all I can do is sit there and watch something really absentmindedly. I can't even watch something really that requires a lot of thinking, you know, effort. I still haven't seen the new Matrix movie. <laughs> it's like, and it took me like three weeks to watch Dune. Um, and I just, I don't know. It's been, it's been a really tough time these last six months trying to figure out when I'm going to game and, um, I'm hoping that I can find an equilibrium going into the new year and really kind of figure out, you know, when I'm going to carve out that time for myself. But for now, I'm doing the best. I'm doing the best that I can. And I hope everybody out there is understanding that Brittany and I are just trying to make it by each week. I mean, seriously. And yeah, we were talking about this and I and I totally get where you're coming from. That's why right now I'm playing games that I know make me feel good. And you have to turn on something when you're playing a game. Um, you know, I haven't played a game without critiquing games for a long time. And maybe this is something everybody does who doesn't work in the industry. But, you know, when you when you stop, when you start playing something, your mind is always kind of going. It's like, okay, so is this a good feature? Is this bad? How is this working with this? Where is this narrative going? Does this make sense? They did so much better in this last game. Like, I, it's almost like an active <laughs> active activity, I guess, is what you would say when you're playing something new for yeah. review. And sometimes you're going to play something for review that you don't really enjoy. And that happens. But, you know, you feel compelled to at least give it a fair shake. And then at that point, now you're just playing something that you're not super into, but you want to be able to talk about it for the show. And the, the what we're saying is, yeah, like right now, like it's all about comfort. <laughs> and this uh, this notion of just playing games, booting up a system, booting up a game and just playing something for hours on end, it just doesn't work that way anymore. You know, and um, no. it's it's tough. And thankfully, you know, like I know Dying Light 2. I know Pokemon Legends Arceus. I know those are games that I'm going to absolutely enjoy playing, even if, you know, Pokemon Arceus, I'm not going down that rabbit hole. <clears throat> not doing <laughs> It's going to blow your socks uh, yeah, off. Yeah, whatever. It's going to surpass whatever. the low expectations that you have set for Yeah, it. <laughs> but no, I mean, it's true. It's like, <laughs> unless it's something that I know I'm probably going to enjoy, I just don't have the energy to fire it up because it is a mentally taxing activity. And I do hope that it gets better as time goes on. But, you know, like motherhood and being new parents, it's a big fucking deal. And these kids, you know, they are just getting more and more needy as they're getting older. And you can't, I mean, I mean, I think when Jace was just a few weeks old, I was able to put 70 hours into Ace Attorney with him just sleeping on me. But you think that little kid wants to just sleep on my lap all day now? Oh, no. Oh, no, he wants to throw shit and yeah. pull shit. And so, yeah, it's a whole thing. And we're navigating the waters. And I'll just second what Andrea said is thanks for your patience. We're doing our best. <laughs> yeah, and in regards to coverage for the show, I think Brittany and I are trying to be realistic about what is possible and what is not. And hopefully we're going to be able to lean on some really fun mm-hmm. guest hosts who are going to be making appearances on the show over the coming weeks and months to bring other people in and other voices in to help diversify you know what you guys get to hear about on the show but of course we always are welcoming of feedback constructive of course <laughs> at contact at what's or on patreon if you want to private message us or even on discord so if you guys you know have feedback about games or about the coverage of the show and maybe what you would like to see you know we're always all ears and on that note let me talk about the game i did manage to play i played a new game everybody so i've had my eye on this game for a while and i just never got around to playing it last year so it's called the artful escape Ah. 
This is a game created by a small team uh, called Beethoven and Dinosaur. It was published by Annapurna Interactive, mm-hmm. and it has a amazing cast. And this game, I went in just knowing that it looked cool, but not really knowing what the gameplay was or not knowing what the story yeah. was. I just went in kind of blind, and I... I'm I'm pretty glad that I did. So I did pull a little bit of footage to show you because the visuals of this game are just amazing. So this game is currently available on Steam or on Xbox via Game Pass. So if you have Xbox Game Pass, like do not delay. Play this game before it leaves Game Pass. I'm not sure how long it's going to be in Game Pass, but it was such a delight. I enjoyed my time with this game so much that I played it in a single sitting. So... It took me, I started at about 9 o'clock, 9.30 p.m. at night. I anticipated just playing like an hour or two and then going to bed, you know, like a responsible adult because I was going to have to probably get up at 3 o'clock in the morning with the baby. But then I just, I really was really having a great time. So I just kept playing. So it took me until about 2.30 a.m. to finish. So roughly four to five hours um, uh, of gameplay. And... You play as this young man, Francis Vendetti, who battles with the legacy of dead folk legend and the cosmic wanderings of his own imagination. That's the little blurb from the website. He's a teenage guitar prodigy set on a psychedelic multidimensional journey to inspire his stage persona. So essentially, the idea is that you uh, live in this small town called Calypso, Colorado, and there is a folk... Um, what's it called? A, a folk renaissance, not a renaissance, like a festival happening in your small town to honor your uncle, who is this famous folk singer. And then you're kind of like in the shadow of, and so you're trying to kind of find your own voice and figure out, you know, what you're going to do and who you're going to become. And you kind of have this epiphany, this very psychedelic looking epiphany where you're like, oh, I can create my own persona and become whoever I want to become. And what's great about that is that it really allows you to kind of customize. And they they have a really fun character creator. I'm a little disappointed they buried the character creator a little far into the game. I wish they oh. would have brought it forward in the gameplay a little bit more. But I think, you know, they were trying to show that Francis, this character, is kind of going on this journey. But the visuals in this game are awesome. Now, did I maybe drink an entire bottle of wine when I played this game? Maybe. Maybe I did. Did, did it enhance my experience? Absolutely. <laughs> oh, my God. I love you so much. Oh, I miss you. God. Oh, I miss you, too. But, I mean, there's just... What I think is really important about the gameplay of this game is that it's gameplay light. It's reminds me a lot of the kind of adventure stylings of A Life is Strange, like a very laid-back adventure game, but it's 2D. Uh, well, it's kind of like 2.5D. Yeah. So you don't really need to work that hard to find things. By the way, Lena Headey, Jason Schwartzen, Mark Strong, and Carl Weathers, all voice talent in this game, which is ridiculous, right? Mm. Like that's Annapurna's pulling pulling their weight to bring in these heavyweight actors to do VO for this game. But you just kind of wander through these levels. There's no like open world exploration which I loved. I loved that I didn't have to think about it, that it was linear. I was like, 
Thank God. I, I don't dislike open world games. Obviously, open world games are great for what they are. But sometimes you just need a tailored experience yep. and a really highly tailored one. And the environments of this game are gorgeous. I took a bunch of screenshots. And the gameplay is super simple. It's mostly just light platforming. And then there's some music beat matching sections. I do wish that they had more beat matching in the game because it's so music focused. There's a thing that you can do is you can hold down the X button and essentially you can just like strum and wail on your guitar as you're walking through the world. Oh, that's fun. And as you do that, it like lightens up and adds all of these things into the background of the environment. Or you can walk through and not play your guitar and it's a nice like chill kind of background music. And I, of course, was just like holding the, the guitar button down almost the whole time. <laughs> and the beat matching sections were very light, let me okay. say. It was not difficult. And I think what's great about that is that it makes the game really accessible. I just wish there was more of them because I really enjoyed it, especially since the music in the game is wonderful. This game, by the way, was nominated for Best Art Direction and Best Music and Best Debut because this is Beethoven and um, Dinosaur's first game um, at the Game Awards this year. And so I just really enjoyed the story of Francis, who kind of goes on this psychedelic journey. So you start out in a real place in Calypso, Colorado. Well, real, air quotes. And then you kind of go like through this hidden door, which is kind of this allegory for going into your mind and kind of discovering who you are. And you kind of go on this space journey and you have to face off against this alien and in like a, in a rhythm and music showdown. And it's just, it was really delightful i'm happy you and played I just it really enjoyed it i've i've i'm happy you played it and are talking about it because i've also heard about it a lot i just didn't know what kind of game it was and i failed to do my job as a video game podcast person because i didn't even look into it but hearing you talk about it it's absolutely nothing like i thought it would be i don't know what i thought it would be but not that but i think the visuals are the most attractive part about it but it sounds like it's a nice little bite-sized game that's light on gameplay that you can drink a whole bottle of wine to and just really enjoy. Yes. That sounds perfect. There's some, yeah, there's some, the narrative is really great. I was kind of waiting what was going to happen with each scene. I mean, there's nothing like super twisty or turny mm -hmm. or, you know, mysterious about it. But I just, I thought it was interesting the way that they did all of the writing and the VO delivery is really well done. And there's some narrative choices you can make, some branchy narrative. It's not super impactful in the way that you would think like the life is strange decisions mm -hmm. are. It's not like that. It's more like you're just choosing dialogue options more than anything. Um, I don't know how different the playthroughs can become if, you know, you choose different branching options. But what I love about it, though, is that I was looking for something like this that didn't require me to spend a lot of time thinking about what I was going to do. I didn't have to worry, am I making the wrong mm -hmm. choice? Am I gonna wanna go back and replay this? And there's no combat in the game. There is no complicated jumping puzzles. There's no complicated puzzles at all. It's really just like a glorified walking simulator almost. Yes. But it's it feels more like an adventure game than, than a walking sim. And I just really needed that. And like I said, the visuals are just out of this world, just beautiful. I love the art style. It kind of feels a little bit of like that um, marionette paper doll look. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The way that he moves around the world, kind of like his joints are moving 
um, like at each kind of at the elbows and at the knees in that very paper doll mm-hmm. way. Uh, and then the cutscenes, you know, kind of had this really cool um, hand-drawn art style to them. I just really loved the look of this game more than anything. Where lots of really punchy colors. You know, when John was watching me play, he said it reminded him kind of of theater, stage theater stylings with really like hot spotlights with gel colors. And I was like, oh, I never thought about it that way. But it does kind of remind me of that too. But it's very sci-fi wonderland. I just really enjoyed it. And like I mentioned, it's available in Xbox Game Pass right now. So well, if you have a subscription to Xbox Game Pass, it will cost you nothing to try it out. It's also available on Steam if you guys prefer to play it that way as well. But um, yeah, had a really uh, good time. And it's a game that you can do in a single sitting or you can do in a couple sittings if good you want. Good for you. I wonder if you can find out what other games are like that. And maybe that's just kind of your bread and butter for now. You know? Yeah, well, there definitely is no shortage of indie games that I definitely want to be playing. Yeah, it's just finding the right one. Sorry, I stuttered there for a second because I thought I heard something and then I remember that there's some construction happening outside my studio. (laughs) Apologies, everybody. But um, I'm glad that I got to play something new and I'm glad I got to play something indie. Um, Always love... You know, seeing really cool debuts from from small teams. And when we were watching the credits, I think it's really indicative just how small some of these teams are when you watch the credits go by. And it's like the whole departments are just like three people. Wow. <laughs> so, um, and, you know, it was really amazing to me that they were able to pull such phenomenal voice talent for such a small first time outing. I think that's really the power of a publisher like Annapurna Interactive coming in and saying, hey, we really like the artsy vibe of this game and we want to you know pump some funding into it that you know this team otherwise might not have had access to so if you're interested check it out i had a great time with it i really enjoyed it good for you baby girl you did it now you have a new fire under your ass to go play more games yeah yeah i'm gonna try not to play more animal crossing i did boot up it once um because i was like oh it's holidays and toy days happening and all the winter stuff so I booted it up. I killed all the cockroaches in my house. I went around and said hi to all of my neighbors. And the one islander who I've been trying to get off my island finally was like, I think I'm going to move out. And I was like, yes, finally. I don't have to kick it's you out Christmas myself. It's a Christmas miracle, bitch. There you go. Goodbye, Elise. Kick her to the curb. <laughs> so there hopefully will be somebody new there when I get back. But um but yeah, I haven't picked it up since. One, one no, time. You killed I some, picked it up one you time. You picked it up to cause destruction to take some lives of some poor cockroaches and your work was done. Yes. And that was it. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> Just got to keep the house clean, you know? Keep it clean. Ah. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that is going to do it for us this week. I want to mention that we are having special guests, Chastity Vincenzio, back on the show next week. We're super excited to get Chastity back. We haven't seen her in a while. And if you guys have people that you are interested in seeing on the show, we're always taking suggestions. You can tweet to us at what's good underscore games. You can email us at contact at what's good or, of course, message us on Patreon, on the Facebook fan page, and Discord. Let us know. We do have some fun guests lined up in the coming, coming weeks and months, so it should be great. All right, everybody, that's going to do it for us. Enjoy your weekend. We'll see you next week. Bye.